In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I am your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It's going to be great. I just want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I'll do this every week. There's a book I've been reading lately called Little Voice Mastery by Blair Singer. It's my second time through it now, so clearly I like this book a lot. There are many things I could share from this book, but I'll just pick one. In this book, the author says that we are all blessed with a God-given talent, and that being the case, we're supposed to share that talent with the world. If you don't share that gift with someone who might potentially need it, that's actually actually profit. So why don't people realize their special talents? One of the biggest reasons, I think, is because we tend to compare ourselves unfavorably with other people. Many people do this. They have thoughts such as, oh, I'm not good enough to do that, or that person seems to be a lot better at this than I am. But let's think about that for just a second. You can't focus on what you are capable of doing if you're also focused on why you don't feel worthy in the first place. The brain can only entertain one thought at a time. Many of us think we have a lot on our minds, and that is true, but the brain goes from one thought to another and then another in just a split second. It's like watching popcorn being cooked in a popcorn maker. All of these seemingly random kernels of thought jumping up and down all around at once, and while you try and juggle all of that simultaneously, it can be really stressful and overwhelming. So start focusing on what you can do instead of focusing on the things that you can't do. I promise you are completely worthy of doing whatever you truly want to do if it is within the cuts that you've already been given. So before I forget, let me give you the number to call in in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. With all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my very special guest today, Shanna Mann, and we will be discussing how she has run several successful businesses and has become a successful author. Shanna, are you there? I am. Fantastic. Thanks for having Welcome. me, Brian. You bet. Welcome to Success Profiles Radio. You've had a really fascinating and diverse background. Tell us just a little bit about yourself, if you could. Oh, gee, a little bit? Um... <laughs> Go as far as you want. <laughs> um, let's see. Um... Well, the high points, I guess, I was in a car accident when I was 16 and suffered a traumatic brain injury. And uh, the story of that comeback is a whole chapter in and of itself, but, um, but it sure taught me a lot about overcoming adversity. Um, I went on to uh, go to university for my degree in linguistics and languages. 
and uh, three quarters of the way through, I decided that it was all just too comfortable, and I dropped out, got my trucker's license, and went to work in the Alberta oil patch. You became a truck driver? Yes. You went from being at the university, and then you decided to become a truck driver. What, what prompted that? I mean, that is, that's a huge leap. Was there something specific that you were thinking about that caused you to want to go in that direction? Well, my dad did drive truck. I was more oh. thinking, I've got to do something besides academia because, um, you know, things are just uh, too, I'm not being stretched enough here. Mm, okay. um, and my dad was like, well, if, you, if you're going to drop out of school, you've got to be able to make money. So you better get your license so you have a fallback plan. Okay. So um, then you, you took your licensing exam? <laughs> yeah, I took that several times, actually, and uh, by that time, it was just like a point of pride for me. My brother got it on his, like, second try, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, there was just no way I was going to walk away after, you know, investing all that money and that time, and and basically, I just couldn't fail at my first shot out of the gate. Yeah. Can I ask how many times you, you didn't pass this test before you finally succeeded? I think I pass it on my seventh try. Your seventh try. Wow. A lot of people give up on things after failing once or twice. What is it? I mean, you mentioned you had this significant financial investment. Was there something else that really motivated you to say, you know what, I I can't let this beat me? (laughs) I wish there was something more, um, you know, uplifting to say, but I just couldn't fail. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just couldn't. I couldn't have academia be my only strength. Okay. I really needed to have something um, that made me feel like in real life I had yeah. strength too, not just in the ivory tower. Yeah, that's that's really important because I mean a lot of people. And I I love school. I mean I I have an advanced degree, so I mean I you know totally believe in academia. But there's more to life than just that, and you have to be able to prove yourself outside of that. So I totally relate to what you're saying. Um, I, I think when we come up against a situation where we're banging our head against the wall and we're trying and trying and it's not working, there's a tension between persevering and toughing it out versus owning up to the responsibility that this just isn't going to work. Where do you find, in general, in your experience, where do you find that line is? How do you measure that tension and, and decide which way to go? Yeah, I I noticed that as well, you know. On one hand, it's the sunk cost fallacy, and on the other hand, it's the whole uh, 10 feet from gold story. So I just, um, I find now a day is like back then, I was really hard-headed as all get out. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and it served me well, but I also, um, you know, suffered burnout a couple of times because of that, hard-headedness so so nowadays um i stand back and i'm like okay where where am i struggling here and why am i struggling am i (laughs) i have to just check and see if it's coming from a a place of pride where it's just it's just enough for me not to publicly fail i have to publicly persevere and um and when it gets to that point I, i have to be like you know, gracefully bow out because obviously I'm coming at this from the wrong angle. And usually yeah. it's just that I, 
I got so fixated on that particular solution to the problem that I stopped looking for other solutions. But in the case of truck driving, I was just, <laughs> I, made a, I made a different mistake every single test. Mm. And um, I was so mad because I had made the same, the same situation came up in two tests and both <laughs> ways were wrong. So I was just oh. like, this, okay. this is a gamed system. I will not fail a gamed yeah. system. Oh, I, I can totally relate. Um, I mean, you think about uh, great people who have tried many times at something and failed. I mean, Thomas Edison tried uh, 10,000 different variations of, of trying to invent the light bulb before he finally got it. And, and people would ask him, how does it feel to fail 10,000 times? And he says, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I just found 10,000 ways that this didn't work. And if he would have you know, given up after the first couple tries, uh, our lives, all of our lives would be so much different. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, not being able to turn on a light in a room, for example. Um, even Colonel Sanders, um, after he retired, he, you know, had his chicken recipe and he was peddling it around to different restaurants trying to sell his recipe. And he was rejected a bunch of different times before he finally found his success. And that was really, really late in his life. I mean, that was after he retired from his regular work, whatever it was he was doing. So, I totally understand. Um, you talked about the idea of being comfortable. And I want to give the call-in number again, just in case someone would like to call in and, and talk to us. It's 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. Many people go through life wanting to be comfortable and safe and secure. And you mentioned when you were leaving, making the decision to leave school, you were trying to break away from that whole comfort zone. And a lot of people don't, um, they don't purposely do that. I mean, that's pretty counter, counterintuitive to a lot of people. Um, based on your experiences, I, I don't sense that you, you um, enjoy the idea of just being safe and comfortable. You do like to stretch yourself, as, as you said. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um Actually, I was just reading the other day on a lifestyle design blog the phrase, um, just okay is your mortal enemy. Mm. Uh, because a lot of people, they'll want, they'll want to be more satisfied in some aspect of their life. And, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I could do this and this and this and sell my house and move to Bali. But, you know, my job's okay. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no, 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 no. That's, that's a slow death right there. Um, and I could see, and I saw it in academia, you know, how people would get comfortable and they would stop taking risks, you know, especially if they were tenor track. Um, they would need to get different grants and things, so they would make sure to do only studies that would grant, get them grants. And... I could just see this great big wide world of knowledge just narrowing and narrowing all the time for the people who chose to play it safe. And I was like, it's just too easy a habit to get into. I have to form the opposite habit of taking chances. Yeah. And in my experience and in my observation, the people who are willing to take great risks are the people who, um, I mean, occasionally they fail greatly, but they also are the ones who succeed greatly. You can't. You can't just take a small step forward and expect to take it and, and expect a huge get a huge leap or a huge reward out of it. So I, I really do appreciate 
appreciate that. Um, we are just a few seconds away from our next break. I, I thought that phrase that you just said, just okay, is your mortal enemy. I, that is a really amazing way of thinking about it because, especially in, in academia, for example, that whole system is designed to uh, get you security. And again, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But if your your whole goal is to grow and stretch, um, you know what? Sometimes taking a risk is is not necessarily a bad thing once in a while. It doesn't seem like that kind of environment uh, necessarily uh, encourages that in a lot of ways. So I, I do appreciate you sharing all of that. Okay, we are right against the, uh, the first break. Uh, we are with my very special guest, Shanna Mann, and we will continue our discussion right after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Kirk Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rockstar System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDoswaltDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Doswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Tugginet.com. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And welcome back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Shanna Mann, and we've been talking about uh, her background. Uh, she was in school, and she decided to drop out of school to be a truck driver. And we talked about the whole idea of, of not wanting to be comfortable and not wanting to play it safe and, and learning to stretch yourself. And I think that's, that's pretty amazing. So while we're still on that theme, Shanna, let me just ask you, um, how do you decide what types of new things that you want to try? I mean, does it have to 
do with assessing your skills and figuring out what you're likely to be good at, or how, how do you decide what kinds of new things you want to do? Uh, it's part inspiration, part reflection. I I usually have a good idea uh, that I'm of when I'm done what I'm currently doing, and uh, an idea about what part of my life I want to tackle next. Um, you know, because <laughs> just in keeping with what we talked about a little while ago, things are either awesome in my life or they're on the block ready to be changed. Um, and, you know, you can't change everything at once, but you can go at it systematically. So, um, like recently, for instance, uh, in December, I had a chance to work with a blogger that I really admire, Sebastian Marshall. And um, I was disappointed because the best thing that I could come up with for um, my skill set to help him with his project was, I'm really smart, I learn fast, and I make things run efficiently and smoothly. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was really embarrassed. I was like, I, I have no marketable skills. Like, um, you know, I, I, it sounded like I would make a good staff sergeant, um, you know, mm. that didn't fit into the kind of startup atmosphere that he was, that he was building. And so um, for the last month or so, I've been looking into uh, marketable skills that I want to learn because um, – I just think that the more ways you can make yourself useful in general, the more opportunities you have coming to you. And I love opportunities. So um, so I've been kind of tossing back and forth whether I'm going to learn coding next or um, technical writing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, d- they both really fascinate me. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, we will definitely talk about your, your writing later because um, that is definitely a part of your history. Uh, uh, let me ask you... Uh, about something else. In, in my beginning segment, I talked about how a lot of people don't feel confident in their skills, and that's what holds people back. That is the opposite of you, from what I'm sensing. You seem to be very, very confident, and I'm, I'm sure that served you very, very well. Um, talk about confidence and the role that's played in your success. Yeah, I have never really understood why people are so um, unconfident. Uh, this is something that uh, I've tossed back and forth with a lot of people because um, quite often, because it's so unusual, I'm afraid I come across as arrogant. And and I don't pretend to know everything, but I do know what I know, and I feel confident in saying that. And for some, for whatever reason, a lot of people don't. And the other thing that I think that a lot of people have problems with is they – they're really fearful of adversity. Um, I think in the back of their minds, yeah. they always sort of think that, you know, this adversity is going to be the thing that, that, you know, takes them down. And I don't know if it was how I was raised or if it was an aspect of my personality, but um, I've always just had this unshakable belief that I'm strong and, mm-hmm. and therefore n- nothing's going to, you know, break me. This, mm. this idea is just crazy. Did that come from your upbringing, or where, where did that, that source of self-assuredness come from? I don't really know, because I was, like, kind of a sickly kid. Um, you know, I was strong, because on the ranch you had to do a lot of chores, but I always had cold and uh, pneumonia quite often. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was just because I was the oldest, and I was very strong-willed, and um, my parents really encouraged that in me in, uh, you know, taking responsibilities and, and having a, a complete sense of agency about my life. So 
So I think they just fostered mm-hmm. that, um, that kind of self, self-awareness and, and abilities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's, let's switch gears a little bit and, and talk about some of the businesses that you've been involved in. I know that's also part of your history. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, it goes, it goes back quite a long ways because, like I said, I um, grew up on a ranch, yes. and uh, that's been in our family for 120 years. So it was always much more familiar to me to run a business than it was to get a job. Mm. Um, and so, and all through school, of course, my parents encouraged us to, to find ways to make money. Um, the understanding was that we would be paying for our, our own university. Um, then I kind of fell off the wagon, of course, when I got to academia. And when I, when I got my trucker's license, I went to the oil patch because that was where the money was to be made. And of course mm-hmm. they, they didn't let women in. So of course that was just one more challenge. Um, yeah. but in 2008 and actually it was about 2009 before it caught up to us in Canada, mm-hmm. um, it got really slow. We got laid off. Um, mm-hmm. but it seems that I can't ever not have a sideline because I had been building this, um, this alternative health practice during mm-hmm. the last two years that I was in the oil patch. And so when I got laid off, I just segued right into that, and mm-hmm. I suddenly had quite a bit more time on my hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom and I started up a retreat center because we were uh, so so well set up for it. I mean, she had mm-hmm. three spare bedrooms and I had four spare bedrooms. So we started a mm-hmm. bed and breakfast and started hosting uh, retreats. That is really amazing. I mean, you, you have to assess what assets you have available. I mean, you had a house with that many rooms. Obviously, you want to do something like that. You, you grew up in Canada. Were you near a metro area? or I mean, Canada is huge and it's wide open. I know that most of the population is centered in the south. Were, were you near a metro area or were you kind of out in the boonies somewhere? We were really far out in the boonies. Like, we were south. It was only about an hour and a half to the U.S. border, but we were in the middle of Saskatchewan. So the nearest city mm-hmm. was over an hour away. And the nearest, like, and, and keep in mind, in Saskatchewan, what we call a city, you guys call a town. Okay. The city was, like, 40,000 people. Okay. Um, so, but no, like, the nearest... Calgary was five hours away, and, and nobody thought anything of going to Calgary for, you know, like a doctor's, like a specialist appointment or mm. to get shopping done. Mm. Okay. So was the fact that your retreat center and, and alternative health practice uh, being so far away from a, a major metro area, did that inhibit your practice, or did that help you some in some ways? It inhibited it. Uh, to begin with, until we started marketing to metro areas, um, because when you're that far out, people are not so excited about, you know, your neighbors aren't excited to come over to your place and, and have a meal. Uh, that's just normal. But uh, when you start marketing to people who live in cities, you know, cheek by jowl, and mm-hmm. say, I live so far out that I don't have Internet access, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, my God, that'll be so nice. Yeah. Me up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, the fact that um, you, you had a retreat center—if you were, you know, far away from a ma- major metro area—it it seemed like that might be a nice getaway for people. So, I suppose in your marketing, you probably played that up a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that you know, when I had my practice, of course, 
I had to go with local with local people and at first the the idea of driving 45 minutes you know out to the ranch to get a session a person would have to take off an entire afternoon off work mm-hmm. and uh, we were getting a lot of resistance about that so I was like well, no 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 this is this isn't how we're going to play this. You're gonna, you've mm-hmm. got to play it as a benefit. You don't mm-hmm. have to drive 45 minutes. You get to unwind for 45 minutes before your session, and then you get to stay here as long as you want and walk in our extensive garden and, and feed the animals, and then you get to have a leisurely drive back. It's like yeah. a spa day. That's that's great because I mean if people live in the city they don't get to feed animals and walk in a big expansive garden and see open land wherever your eye can see. So that was really really smart that you take something that a lot of people might see as a disadvantage and flip that around and make it positive and you get people to see things a little differently. And that is very very clever marketing. I really appreciate that you shared that. You also had a small contractor firm which seems to be a huge departure from everything we've talked about so far. Well, the thing was, is after the oil patch kind of, uh, like you have to understand, the oil patch is huge in Saskatchewan and Alberta. And so um, they pay top wages, like $25, $30 an hour. And so anybody who was able-bodied practically and who didn't mind the hours was in the oil patch. And it wasn't until after the big uh, market crash in 2008 that that started to slow down and they started to uh, disgorge a lot of men. And Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of these guys had been, you know, um, handymen and plumbers and so on, and uh, roofers. And uh, my ex-husband was one of them. And so, mm. uh, you suddenly had you had a market where, for a, like five years or something, people had not been able to find people to replace their roofs, to build fences, to build decks, to do yeah. little renovation jobs. And yeah. so, people were willing to do it. But the problem was, is uh, as far as I could tell, at least, these men had been, um, you know, employees for so long. They didn't want to go and hustle and scare up work and organize the jobs and mm-hmm. and handle all that stuff. So, at first, I was just doing the, you know, I would go and I would give a quote and an estimate, and soon I was ordering the materials. And um, after I bought myself the uh, the coding manual for the Saskatchewan building or the Canada Building Code. Soon I was figuring out the engineering specs and just running them by the the more experienced guys. Mm. I was running practically everything because yeah. they just wanted to do the work. Yeah. So basically, you 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 saw you saw the you, the need that was out there, and you saw the labor force that was available, and you just basically put them together and organized it all. Yeah, pretty much. That's. That's really awesome because, I mean, that's what successful people do is they see a need, they see the resources, they put people together that, that want something and need something, and, and then that's where, your, that's where your profitability comes. I mean, Robert Kiyosaki, if you've, uh, we're just a few seconds to the break. Robert Kiyosaki said something really profound once. He said, if three million people would start their own businesses and hire three people apiece, that would change everything in this economy, and I love that. We are right up against our next break. We will be right back on the other side. My very special guest this week is Shanna Mann, and we will be coming right back to you. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us.
The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on Toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R, realize it is possible. E, embrace all relationships. A, advance through adversity. D, develop your significance. M, manage your health and wealth. Y, yield to your natural abilities. L, listen to your heart. I, invest in yourself. P, persist by taking small steps. And S, serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette on toginet.com. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions? in both their business and personal lives. Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years, and now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And here we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Shanna Mann. If anyone wants to call in and talk to us during the program, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. And we have a caller. Joel, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, Brian? I'm doing fantastic, Joel. Thank you for calling in. And uh, full disclosure, I asked Joel to call in during the show because he and Shanna co-wrote a book last year called Why We Lead. And I'd like to spend a few minutes talking about that. So if I, I'll just let you guys uh, have the mic here and tell us how this project evolved and what the book's about. Well, I, I want to start um, completely out in left field. Earlier, okay. you and Shanna were talking about comfort and change and fear and things. And I, I want to read a paragraph that Shanna wrote in the book that that it just fundamentally changed my perspective about change. Okay. Um, she's, she's talking about transformation, and she said, I always call this a chrysalis cycle, because you want to, if you can, withdraw from the world for a certain period to rest and shift into whatever new beast you're becoming. It's a hard process. Not only is it tiring, but you have the temper of a swamp adder in molt, and you're really, really tender and defenseless. When you think about it, you're in no way guaranteed that you're getting a better arrangement this time around 
especially given the way that certain gifts and abilities are valued more highly in this world. If you go into Chrysalis, a business analyst, and you come back an organic weaver, you have a problem. And yes. here's where she nails it down. This is the biggest reason people fear change. It's irreversible, also unstoppable, but we always try. If you come out an organic weaver, it's because you are no longer a business analyst. And most likely that you haven't been for some time, but you faked it really well rather than admit that you were no longer where you wanted to be. Um, that, it just struck me. Ever since I met Shannon, one of the things she recognizes is that we don't always control who we are, that we change behind the scenes without necessarily even recognizing it. And then that discomfort where we start feeling like something is not right anymore, um, Shanna's discomfort with comfort, I think, comes from the fact that she knows that she's already changed into somebody else, and all she's doing is bringing what she's doing in life into alignment with who she is inside. So, so there you go, Shanna. Now it's your turn to tell me that I, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you just kind of caught me off guard there with that quote. Um, I don't even really remember saying that. I, I do know that it's, you know, uh, it's, it's so tough for people to change. And uh, I actually um, am, was working with a lady a couple weeks ago who not only is she changing and kind of uncomfortable with it, but um, her husband is really resistant to the change. And, you know, you feel so bad for her and for him because he feels like, her change is a rejection of their entire life together. And and she's like, I, I don't even know what I'm changing into. I don't know. I can't reassure him. There's nothing I can do. But, you know, he's making it a lot harder on me. Um, and, you yeah. know, you just can't help but have empathy for that whole situation. Yeah. I, I, it, I know that feeling from on both sides. So, Brian, your, your question was really what, how this came about. Um, yes. Shannon and I connected because we were both, we were swapping comments in other people's blogs, and so we, you know, we were reading each other's comments, started chatting, and we emailed back and forth a few times, started reading each other's blogs, and uh, a year ago or so, when I was in, spending two months house-sitting in Albuquerque, Shanna sent out her newsletter, which is fascinating, smart stuff, um, and I replied with, uh, it just sparked a lot of thought in my head. And we, over a period of about four days, it, I realized that we wrote about 10,000 words back and forth to each other in less than a week. And it, and it, tended, wow. it was starting to gravitate towards the concept of why is confidence so rare? You, you asked Shannon that earlier. Why is confidence so rare? And so from there, we just went back through and found the holes in what we'd already written and filled in those holes, uh, reorganized it a little bit, and and came up with uh, this book, Why We Lead. Mm. Wow, that's that's awesome. So this basically was born out of a whole bunch of email conversations that you had and ideas that you already been exchanging. Yes. Yeah. I have to say Joel is uh, really the instigator of all that because, I mean, I, I have... I love to talk, so I, I was happy to just, you know, email back and forth with him all the live long day, but he's like, no, this is a book. This is totally a book, and he just kept prodding at it, and I was like, okay, 
I don't know how to make a book. You you tell me how to make a book, we'll make mm. a book. So uh, so is the book basically your email dialogue with each other, or is it uh, more of a discussion about leadership and the reasons for it and where it comes from? Uh, both. It, it, okay. It, it really, we left the dialogue feel to it very much. Um, we've, it's actually taken a, us a while to finally get around to recording the audio version of the book, which we're doing every Monday this month, because we wanted to read it to each other in real time so that it kept the, the dialogue feel. We edited it. You know, it's not just the rough, raw emails that we sent to each other because um, we, 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 you know, we speak in short, clip sentences and said a lot of stuff that was off topic. But you know, we took about forty thousand words of emails, edited it down to about twenty-five thousand words of stuff that all fit and and kind of followed the theme of why confidence is scarce and what really is leadership. Uh, so it's a very mm-hmm. conversational feel, very much straight out of the emails, but tidied up enough that it, it reads like a book, not just like mm-hmm. you were listening in while Shanna and I were having a party. Yeah. And I, I find that interesting that that's your topic because my book that I wrote is also about leadership. So let me just ask, what kinds of conclusions did you come to about what's really important when you think about leadership? I mean, what kinds of, of, of traits and, and character qualities do you think uh, are most evident in people who have good, strong leadership skills? Um, well, we left it kind of open-ended because it was a conversation, but um, mostly uh, I think what I took out of it was that a leader um, holds the vision for a group of people and you know blazes the trail if need be. And he also uh, mentors people into the the roles that they were meant for, you know, um, either helps them achieve their own goals or helps them stretch just a little bit. Okay. How about you, Joel? And what do you think? Also, we, we also, uh, we recognized that, you know, there are a number of different kinds of leadership. We realized that you can be a leader because you got hired in as, at the manager level. And you can be a leader because uh, you're in the military and you got promoted to the point that you have people under your command. Um, you can be a leader because I'm the dad and you're the kids and you'll do what I told you. Uh, there's always leadership that's based on status, position, power, uh, uh-huh. something other than you know, intrinsic leadership qualities. And, and that kind of leadership, being a good father, a good commander, a good uh, leader of business, there's still, uh, there's still a skill to being successful at it. It's not the leadership that fascinates Mm -hmm. Shanna and I. We ended up talking about people who uh, just innately um, exude a visionary quality. I think that's the thing more than anything else. We never really word it this way in the book, but there are people who you can tell they, they may not know exactly how they're going to get there or even exactly where they're going but you know they are going somewhere, and what either the journey or the destination or both are going to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. And those people that exude that visionary feel tend to attract others who who, who want to either they like the journey, mm-hmm. they like the destination, or they're just drawn to that visionary personality. Mm-hmm. And that, more than anything else, is the thing about leadership that fascinates me: people mm-hmm. who have this innate 
need to go and do and be something new and more and better. That's great. Um, do you think it's more about the journey or do you think it's more about the destination? I guess that's journey. one of those chicken, chicken and egg questions. The journey? Journey, absolutely. Yeah, tell totally me why. the journey. Uh, tell me why. Oh, um, because you can wind up at the same destination as somebody else and your journeys will have been so different that that the outcome is so totally skewed. I like to think of it in terms of, of motivation um, mm -hmm. or, you know, sometimes in terms of uh, Kaizen or excellence mm -hmm. where if you're not doing things for the right reasons, it doesn't matter whether you make your goals or not because you're going to be unhappy. A good example of this is a friend of mine is taking a year off to, um, to volunteer in her community. Um, she's a dance teacher, but she isn't doing it right now. And I said to her, well, that sounds like an awesome networking opportunity. And she said, oh, yeah, it kind of is, you know, much better than if I was actually going out and trying to network. And I was like, that is, that's exactly right, you know, because if you're just going out and meeting people and they happen to find out you're a dance teacher, is totally different than going out and, you know, glad-handing everybody you meet and being like, hi, I'm a dance teacher. Wouldn't you like to take some dance with me? It just, it just doesn't work. Right. I can and certainly the, appreciate that. The level of effort that goes into the journey, um, I can't, this week I'm, I, I've gotten together with a small group of friends, and each one of us is trying to write three new songs this week. Um, and for me... I, I kind of dawdle around and, and don't really jump right on it because I can wake up at 2 in the morning with most of the lyrics of a song in my head and, and, and I, I, I kind of scramble the lyrics together, polish them a little, throw a chord structure at it on my mandolin, and writing a song for me is not a big effort. There, I mean, there are songs that I really put some work into, mm -hmm. but I can dash a song off pretty easily. I have friends who they love to sing, good guitar player, but they've always had this fear of the unknown, how do I do it, and then what am I going to do with this song, and what if someone hears me? And so for okay. me, dashing off a song, now I've got a song. Okay, we're, we're right up against a break. I don't mean to cut you off, Joel, but uh, we'll come right back on the other side. We're talking with Shannon Mann, and we've got Joel Canfield in line. We're talking about their book, Why We Lead. We'll be right back for our final segment right after this. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. LinkedIn. It's a great tool, and Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. With the LinkedIn Lady Show, Wednesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. 
The LinkedIn Lady will have interviews each week with a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us, won't you, every Wednesday afternoon at 5, 4 Central. It's the LinkedIn Lady Show with host Carol McManus on Toginet.com. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions? in both their business and personal lives. Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years, and now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. We are on our final segment. The show goes fast when you have a good guest. So I really appreciate that. Joel, I didn't mean to cut you off right up against that break, but you were sharing a story about songwriting and how you have a commitment to write on a regular basis. And the the point I was really making in, in, in all of that blather was that Reaching the destination isn't what helps us grow. That's yes. not the real achievement. It's, you know, if I'm doing something easy and achieve a goal, but someone else really has to work through a, a lot of emotional challenges um, and hard work to get to that same goal, they've grown far more than I have. And to me, that's absolute proof that it's, it's the journey, not the, the destination that has the value in, you know, in leadership and in any kind of personal growth. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. While I have you both on the line, I'd like to ask you, because I know that you are both business people, uh, what are the pros and cons of people becoming entrepreneurs if, if they have time for it? I mean, a lot of people love running their own businesses. A lot of people don't want to run their own businesses. What do you see the pros and cons, and is it worth it? Um, for me, uh, I just read earlier this year E-Myth Revisited, which, of course, has been recommended to me time and time again, and I finally got around to reading it. And he makes, uh, Gerber makes a wonderful point in his, in his book, which is that um, running a business is completely different from doing the work that that business does. Um, I was just, you know, telling someone the other day that, uh, um, if you think that running your own business is is cool, think of it more like, um, say, you decide that you want a clownfish for your very own, and you go out and you buy a clownfish and you stick it in a bucket of water, and you know, not unsurprisingly, your uncl- your clownfish isn't going to do very well because 
um, you have to learn how to become an aquarium keeper and learn about pH levels and keeping the water clean and having good filtration and what to feed your clownfish. You can't just go out and buy a clownfish and be like, I'm a clownfish owner. Yay me. Um, And that's why I thought that that Robert Kiyosaki book or quote that you were talking about was very interesting because I identified a lot with with, uh, the rich dad in that book because, I mean, he had, what, a restaurant and a convenience store and a a construction company. But the fact of the matter is is a lot of people just don't enjoy the actual work of running a business. They just want to do whatever the business does. Yeah, and that that book that that you were referencing earlier is called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber, in case anybody out there wants to grab that and has not heard of it or hasn't read that yet. So I I definitely appreciate that. I love that quote, running a business is completely different from the work that that business does. And I'll tell you, I mean, a lot of people, you know, if if, let's just say that they're uh, an accountant, or they do tax preparation and they're working for a company and they get paid, let's just say, $20 an hour to do their work, but that client is paid a couple of hundred dollars and they think, gosh, that owner is getting a lot of money out of it. I'm just going to go and and start my own business. And then they realize what else goes into it besides just the work that that business does. Brilliant quote. I love that. How about you, Joel? What do you think are the pros and cons of and how how has that been worth it for you? Well, uh, I'll reveal my prejudice right now. Um, I believe the age of the job is over. Uh, Maybe not today or this week or this year even, but soon the age of the job, you know, jobs have been around less than 200 years for Mm -hmm. most of human history. Everyone was an entrepreneur of some kind or self-employed in some way. Um, I'm writing a book. The book I'm working on right now is called You Don't Want a Job, in which I make the case I firmly believe that uh, self-employment, and I use that term for a reason that I'll explain in a second, self-employment carries less risk and more reward than having a job. Um, people think of self-employment, working for yourself, and they always think of the entrepreneur. And, yep, I'm an entrepreneur. Shanna is an entrepreneur. Um, some of us need to go out and do that, and we like the running the business aspect uh, as much as or more than the work in the business. Some people don't want to run a business, but that doesn't prevent you from being a freelancer. Um, A freelancer is just a person who hires out the skills they have. They're still doing the work they love, and you do still, of course, need to be running a business to some extent. But it's not entrepreneurship. It's not building a new thing. It's not the visionary dreamer thing. It's just doing what you do best, but doing it for any boss you choose anytime you want on your own schedule. And so I believe that in the very near future, we'll all either be entrepreneurs or freelancers, and the, people, the, the sooner people accept that, the better off they'll be because a job is like, if you fell off a cliff, let's say you're walking up a cliffside, a mountainside with a guide, and you slip and fall, but your guide catches you. So now here's this person that's holding yes. you, and they start to slip. And you look up into their eyes, and now this is not some, some beloved friend, your protector or anything. This is someone that you paid money. And they're the only reason that you're staying alive, and they start to slip. Mm. Um, personally, I'm afraid right now. I'd rather be hanging on to anything other than some guy's hand that all I did was pay him money to walk me up the mountainside. 
I want to be hanging on with my own hands. It doesn't necessarily make the situation any better, but it puts mm-hmm. this control into my hands, not someone else's. So there, there's my yeah. rant about self-employment, whether it's entrepreneurship or freelancing, way better than having yeah. a job. And I, I love that you just touched on the issue of control because if you are running your own show, you at least have the exercise or the ability to, to exercise the choices that you want to make rather than rely on someone else to make a great decision. Who am I? What they're doing to start with? I mean, I've worked for companies where I feel like, my goodness, you guys are still just trying to figure this out and I'm supposed to rely upon you to run this company so that I could, you know, keep having a job for whatever length of time I choose to stay. That's a scary proposition. And uh, I, I love that idea of control. And I know, uh, Shanna, I read your blog this weekend. You talked about the issue of control and how you equate success to having the right to be in control. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, actually, um, that was a phenomenal analogy on Joel's part. I yes. was using, um, I was actually writing about it this morning. It'll probably come up in a blog post soon. Um, the analogy is, um, I like the sense of control because um, I have a, a fairly quick cycle of growth. I don't think anyone will disagree with me on that. I need to change what I'm doing fairly regularly or I get bored. Um, and I've never found a job that really supported that. So <laughs> if I had a job, though, let's just go crazy here, um, it would be kind of analogous to you know, forcing my forcing my growth cycle, the same way that if you were a strawberry farmer and, uh, you know, a sunny day in June, you went out to your fields and you said to your strawberry plants, okay, guys, Whole Foods needs six truckloads of strawberries. It's the first of June. You should have some ready by now. Let's, let's see what you got. And uh, the strawberries, you know, it's been a cool year maybe. <laughs> and uh, the strawberries aren't quite ready yet. It doesn't yeah. matter how you incentivize those strawberries it doesn't matter how you encourage them or even if you punish them. They're not right. going to produce strawberries that week. Yeah, you can't legislate nature. Yeah. You're not going to have it. Yeah, you can't legislate nature. That's, that's for sure. Um, okay. Well, you guys are, are both entrepreneurs and you're both authors. I know that both of you have written a lot of other stuff. Um, let's see, what else do I want to talk about? I know you both are also coaches, and we have about four or five minutes left in the show. Shanna, you are a transformational awareness coach, is that right? Yeah, I um, I try to teach people how to manage their decision-making process so that they don't fear um, or avoid a change because, you know, that's just a fact of life. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't avoid it. You might as well embrace it. Yeah. Okay, so so basically, when someone comes to you, you talk to them about their decision-making process. It's not so much about what they're deciding to do; it's about the way they go about making that choice. Am I correct? Yeah, that's right. I like to think that I teach people to follow their guts better. Okay, well, that's great. How did how did that come about? I mean, are you are you act, you're actively coaching people uh, here and there? I take it because you're so busy doing a lot of. It's it's um, a fairly intuitive process. Um, yeah. uh, from body talk, that uh, that alternative therapy that I had, I mm-hmm. learned a technique of uh, testing. It, it's called muscle testing, and basically, it operates on the premise that your that your body 
operates at a much deeper level of knowing than you do. So Mm -hmm. your conscious brain is doing nothing but getting in the way, but your body knows whether or not this thing that you're planning on doing is a big no, 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 or Mm -hmm. yes, let's do it already. Um, So I just tap into that. And um, and once people recognize, you know, that they're taught the triggers for their intuition, they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense, and it feels really comfortable, like kind of a penny slipping into a slot, and uh, mm. and everything just kind of rolls out of that. Okay, that's great. We are are coming closer to the end. Uh, do either of you have any final thoughts of wisdom that you'd like to share? <laughs> Yeah, well, start your own there. business. Don't get a job. <laughs> run, run your business. You don't get a job. a job. Think of yourself as an independent contractor. That's a really good point. In fact, Brian Tracy talks about that a lot in his writing. He's one of the leading business writers out there. Brian Tracy, check out anything he's written, and you'll be completely amazed. He does talk about the idea that you are basically the CEO of your own business, whether you are getting your check from someone else or not. You are the president of your own corporation. It is up to you to learn the skills that you need to do the things that you want to do and to get yourself to where you want to go, and I totally subscribe to all of that. We have just a a little bit left. I do want to thank you so much, Shanna, for being my great guest this week. I want to thank you, Joel, for calling in and participating in our discussion. Uh, Where can we get the book Why You Lead if we wanted to do that? It's available on Amazon or on the website whywelead.com. Okay, it's on Amazon or whywelead.com, and uh, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, We do want to thank you so much for joining us on Success Profiles Radio. If you are on my show page, which is successprofilesradio.com, you will see a link that you can connect with me on Facebook and on Twitter. I would love it if you would do that. My host page is on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you are listening to this podcast or if you have downloaded it for free on iTunes, you can still go to www.successprofilesradio.com and see that link to connect with me on Facebook or Twitter. This will be available for free download here uh, in a little while after the show. And thank you so much for joining us. Be back next Monday at 6 Eastern. Have a fantastic week. Take care, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each week, 